0: All right, let's begin this morning. I'm so glad that you're here, and I know just by the worship time, you are ready to go. Are you ready for the word of God? Amen. Amen. This morning, again, I, this has been a great week for the Miller family. You know, the Millers have four children three boys and a girl. And, and, we have a third college graduate. Mark graduated from Southwestern. <laughs> we even have a dog in here. I heard a bar. <laughs> let me tell you, I, I, I'm touched when you know one of them gets married. I only have one of them that has been married. But let me tell you, when, when Mark... Mark, when he walked across, <laughs> hallelujah, he graduated. Mark is a professor. He, he is going to do a great job. I mean, he's a youth minister here at the church, and I know that uh, he's got some great things ahead, and uh, next year, Brooke is going to walk that stage, and uh, we're going to get excited. You know, you know, we just—we got a lot of young people in our church, and uh, it—I just want to say that you know, next week is Mother's Day. Don't miss that, because that's—that's a given. But you know, the week after that, during the week, uh, Justin and Kristen will be getting married. You don't have to come. You just have to throw money their way. You know, there's a huge benefits about being part of a family of God and being part of the church. But let me tell you, as a young couple, I remember being overwhelmed just by all the gifts and the presents, and that it, it's just like a jump start to your marriage. And if you've ever had a wedding shower or even been married in the church uh, church family that you attended for years, you know the love that is poured out upon you. And and I'm just so excited about this couple and. I give them a hard time quite often. Uh, Justin grew up in the church and, and Lisa that led worship, that's her son, her and Homer. And uh, we're just so proud of them. And I know that there's some uh, other young couples on the way and uh, some of the, the the boyfriends are believing by faith it's going to be on the way, but all right, well, Again, today is a special day for, for John Miller, the pastor of the church, because I have a guest speaker. It's one of my best friends. His name is Tracy Jantz. He pastored in Frisco for about a hundred years and he, he said, and done, and did a great job. And now he is, uh, not doing that for a while. And then, he, uh, he said, Hey, just kind of, we caught up just the other day. And I said, Tracy, why don't you come speak at our church? And he said, I'd love to. You know, before he gets up here and speak, I just want to tell you, you know, there's if if you label one word on a person just by the incredible past that you know about them. Tracy went to Southwestern with me. And a lot of times it's the connection that you make with people more important than even sometimes at the job or at the school and some of the things you've learned. And uh, Tracy became if not my best friend, one of my best friends, because of the word loyalty. Let me tell you, there's a lot of friends that will say, I'll take a bullet for you. And then when the bullets start flying, you go, what happened? They became a follower. You know what I mean? They're behind you. Let me tell you that not too many bullets fly these days, so to speak, but it's the ability to say, you know what, John, I'll be there. And every time that I'm any what discouraged or even if I'm not discouraged and I talk to Tracy, he is always loyal and just being there as a friend. And so today I am so excited that my friend Tracy is here at the church. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Amen.
1: You open your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 37. A couple of weeks ago, I was at your church and I saw like this wildest egg thing I have ever seen in my life. I tried to get my buddy to stop up at the store and bring me back, so I got my own bag. But by the time we got back, there was no eggs. I like, my some quick kids. You got quick kids. Thank you, John, for letting me be here this morning. Like John said, my wife and I, where's Nita? Nita? That's my wife. We've been married 33 years, and uh, I know just about as much as I knew day one. <laughs> but she is—she has been very patient with me, and I thank God for her. We've got two boys. I've got a 26-year-old, and I've got a 19-year-old. You know exactly how you feel, John. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um. But while I was here, your pastor asked you the question, why? I saw it come up on the board, and when it came up on the board, man, it hit me. Why did Jesus do? Why did God allow? Why did it go this way? Why Why was he death, experience one, death? Why did he experience a resurrection? Why did he experience all these things for me? Then I got in the car and we started driving back. And as we were driving back, we were talking about being confused about some things. We've got a friend, a matter of fact, a youth pastor that served for me for many years. His wife is fighting stage four cancer this morning. I don't get it. Anybody ever been confused? I serve a God that does things that makes no sense to me. Lets His Son experience death, burial, and resurrection, and I go cancer. I want to talk to you about this morning of the why. That's what I want to say to you this morning. I want to explain the why, but I want to take you to a part of the Bible that seems to be confusing, especially to the guy or the person, because all of us would agree that we're called to this earth right now, right? Touch your, touch your arm. We're here. We're not going anywhere. We're not until we breathe our last breath. This is where we're going to be. And he has called us to a place and to a time as this, as confusing as cr- and crazy as it may seem outside of these four walls, we are called to now. Do you agree with me? How, where's my amen people? Put your hand up if you're my amen. Okay. Do I have any wow people in here? Wow. Okay. All of you amen people and all of you wow people are released. You can do it whenever you want. Okay. It's cool. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not, to get a, I'm, not to, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go, I with you. So it's okay. That's the kind of guy I'm in. I can't preach from up there. I'm taller than John. I don't need to preach from up there. That's the only one. I know, there you go. That's the only one. Ezekiel chapter 37 says this, the hand of the Lord was on me. Now, Ezekiel is saying this. And I'm going to say that you can say what Ezekiel is saying. You can say that. Because all throughout the Bible, and I'm going to get right back to reading here in just a second, but all throughout the Bible, you're going to find a shadow of Jesus in every part of Scripture. Jesus is going to be a reflection in every piece of Scripture you read from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelations, the last period. You're going to find Him. You're going to see Him. You're going to sense Him. You might not be able to recognize Him, but He's there. This is what it said. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit. Somebody say the Spirit. Where's my singing lady? Who's my singing lady? Where are you at? My singing. There's a singing lady. Go back and sing that last one again, that one where he's my promise keeper. My can we just stop man? Yeah. I need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have never seen a church with so many people on the front row, John. Serious. If I had six volunteers, I could say I've never seen that. The whole front row filled in a church. But the Spirit of the Lord brought him and set him in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth. That means he walked through the bones. He walked through the bones. Can you imagine walking through bones? He walked through the bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very, somebody say that with me, dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, only you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. Say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I mean, if you know that the Lord has a word and it's not people that have a word. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make you enter. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will breathe in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesy. Can you imagine being Ezekiel? Sure, I'll go. You're standing in bones. Speak to those bones. That does not make sense. How many of you know that, that life doesn't begin at bones? Life begins somewhere other than death in our world. Everybody say, but God. But in God's world. Verse 7 says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, He commanded and breath entered him. They came to life and stood upon their feet. These last three words is why? A vast army. As a kid, my mom drugged me to church. It's the only drugs I ever did in my life. <laughs> and she drugged me to church, and as she got me there, they were singing that song. I'm so glad I'm a part. Somebody help me. I've been cleansed by his joint. This, I'm so glad. Somebody, we've been around. We know what we're part of, but we're a little confused. I believe Ezekiel was confused. Anybody ever babysit? How many of you got kids your own? You're going to relate to this. I got two boys. I walked into a room one time, and we got a ceiling fan, and there was there was G.I. Joe with a kung fu grip on a rope. There was a dinosaur with no head. There was yellow stuff on the carpet, and there was brown stuff on the wall, and I went, what happened here? And the boys go, I don't know. That's what I felt like when I read. I was like, what happened here? What happened? And I believe that's what Ezekiel's going through. See, when I read the Bible, I don't read the Bible to hear the words. I read the Bible to get in the Bible. I would recommend that to you. Read the Bible to get into the Bible. Don't read the Bible to hear the words. Read the Bible to know what God's saying to you. When you read the Bible and you go, man, that's a little confusing. Go, God, show me God, let me smell, let me hear what the writer is trying to get across. Let me know, and that's what I did with Ezekiel the past couple of weeks since I was here at church, because I got a little confused, Dave. I did, because it hurts to know that I've got I've got a friend, this is her third bout with cancer. It's her third bout. And to top it all off, her was her six-year-old or eight-year-old? five-year-old, her five-year-old died of cancer. I'm not making the story up. I'm just telling you what's confusing to this mind. But my spirit knows that I'm called for such a time as this. Somebody say amen. But that doesn't stop the human confusion that runs around. And I believe that's what Ezekiel. Ezekiel said. Only you know, Lord. Only you. And that's the way I live today. Only you know, Lord, because I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know the God that I know is still with me, and He walks with me, and He leads me shares with me and I believe that's what's happening here we agree all of us would agree that Ezekiel's called we agree that Ezekiel is called for such a time as this we agree that he's walking in a place that seems to be surrounded by nothing but death and God is trying to teach him something would you agree with me that God's placed you in this world today where you are would you agree with me that he's walking with you around in death that he's trying to teach you something I'm gonna have to get a Kleenex and give you John I'm spitting would you agree with me but that doesn't take away the confusion. I can agree with you until the cows come home, but I'm still going to wonder, because I'm human, why? Why? Why would He take me and place me in a place that has the stench of death and the evidence of dryness? Because He's alive, and He's supposed to be vibrant. When I I meet most Christ followers, I don't find that, John. I don't find that they're alive. I find that we're alive in moments. Not in the minutes of the day that we walk in every single day. Because He doesn't change just because we don't sing. He doesn't change just because there's a different day called Monday or Tuesday. He doesn't change. He's the same God that walked with Him. Possibly at some point, those bones were alive. Started to think. Those bones were upright. They had dreams and they had visions and they had they had ideas about the future and they were excited about going forward and they were excited about the victories that they could see themselves in, but now they're just dry bones. So I asked, I said, I said God, what do these bones represent? I began to think. For all of us that are married, I remember, remember, like I do, you know, remember that. I remember, I do. I barely got out of my mouth because I was crying so much I was fearing for my life because I didn't know what to do. I promise you. You go back and look at my wedding wedding video. Do y'all know what a VCR is, y'all guys? Anyway, sorry. Sorry, Dated. Anyway, I go back and I watch the tape and I'm like, is that me? Because I thought I was a lot tougher than that. But man, I was soft. I was just like, oh. Oh, my God. And my wife just smiling. And her dad was smiling bigger because I'd get to take the care of all of her bills now. <laughs> Stuff like that. But I remember the I do. I remember our honeymoon. We created the greatest memories. I went and bought wood for the fireplace because we got married in October. We went up into the mountains. I got wood for the fireplace. Wood was green. It couldn't start. Felt like an idiot. I didn't know what I was doing. Great men. Get ready, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember those things. You remember all of that excitement there at the beginning? But if we'd be honest, we'd tell the truth this morning. Our marriage is nothing more than a dry bone. Because we haven't been adding anything to it. We'll build this great big fire that starts off called the wedding day and we'll put wood on it and everybody will see it. We'll never throw another piece of wood on it and we will hope it lasts for the rest of our lives. Just dry bones. Maybe it's your confidence. Maybe 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 you got laid off. Maybe maybe you got injured. Maybe maybe they, they they said we don't need you anymore, and your confidence was way up here. Maybe your business was skyrocketing, and then all of your, your 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 clients were coming in, and they were buying, and they were and, and and they needed what you had, and then all of a sudden it went south, and and your confidence went south with it. Just dry bone now. Just laying there. Maybe it's your walk with God. Started off, man. And he, Jesus is the reason for every season, just not that season. It's all the time. And you were high and we, you've seen them, right? They get saved and all of a sudden, pew, they're like Roman candles. Poof, 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 and then there's nothing. Poof. Last one. What happened? Dry bones. And what? What's happening here is God goes, can these dry bones live again? Can these live again? God says, I mean, in Ezekiel says, only you know. See, what happens is, is that, that God has a different progression than we have. Because when we think, when we think of death, we think of what? The end. Final. But what God sees death as is his opportunity. See, he flips the switch. It says that he went and grabbed the keys to what? What did he grab the keys to? Hell and the... He grabbed them. He said, get those back. Get back where you belong. He said, give that to me. And we'll live that way for a moment. We'll live in the victory. We'll live in the peace. We'll live in the understanding until the the, the challenge comes. Until." The layoff comes until, I don't know. You, this is what was told. You've aged out. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? Why don't you just say I got too old, bro? Because if you say that, I'm gonna hit you in the lip. <laughs> I told you. I'm, John said I'm loyal. But you go, why? Why? How did you age? What? And then all of a sudden, you start wondering why, and you start this descent into this place called the, anybody want to help me? The valley. The valley, the bones, you walk in those bones, you you hear those noises and you cannot live again. Now, I'm sure it's not the first time that you've ever heard this. I'm sure it's first time. not the first time you've ever read this part of the Bible. might not be able to be the first time you've heard most of these words. But it is the first time you've heard it from me. Because this is where I'm at. This is what goes on in my life. This, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a preacher. I'm a pastor. You go talk to the people at my church, I got two couples here this morning. Jay Kathy, I love you. Dave Laura, I love you. They like came to be with me. One couple's the wow couple, the other couple's the amen couple, just in case there was none of y'all here. <laughs> I had a friend. He started church. Church started church about a year ago. He's, he's, he's going to be sixty. He started church when he was fifty-eight, and I was like, "Have you lost your mind? Do you know what you're doing?" And he starts into this dissertation. God's called me, and I was like, "Man, you were right. I'm not going to count you out." But if you knew his story, if you knew what he was like, if you knew him when I knew him, because I knew him when he was. This guy's a white guy, and he had cornrows. Yeah, that doesn't go together. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's crazy. He was very confused. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And that's when we were teenagers. I'm like, dude, you got to. And he was all happy he had it. And I was like, you have lost your mind. But what happened was is that, that when he was, if you knew the story when he was even smaller, At eight years old, his mom walked out on him. His mom dropped him off at grandma and grandpa's and said, I can't handle you anymore. And he's screaming at her. This is his words. If he were here, his name's Chris. If Chris was here, he'd tell you, I was screaming at her and telling her I would change mommy as she walked out the door. And you go, it's confusing, right? Why would a parent do that? What would would happen? What would happen to you if you did that? She would beat you. don't have to be worried about walking. <laughs> You'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drop his grandma and grandpa. Throughout his teenage years, we and he and thee and me, we all had some rough times together. He starts a church, and his Mimi, she's about 94, was at the opening of that church. Everybody needs a Mimi that's going to pray. Everybody's going to need somebody that's going to help you through those dry bones because there's going to be death in your life somewhere. There's going to be places that's going to feel like it's never going to come back to life. Only you know, Lord. And you're going to be walking in a place that seems unclean because to the Jew, to the Jewish nation, you got to remember where we're at. To the Jewish nation, bones made you unclean. And God took Ezekiel and dropped him into a place of uncleanliness. Can you relate to that? Because this world's unclean and it tries to make you feel like you're going to die. It'll jump on you in the name of whatever it is. You you name whatever is trying to jump on you. And when that happens is you go, why? Well, I'm telling you that God has changed the progression from from life to death to, death to life. He said, unless that seed falls to the ground and what? Dies dies, can't produce. Through the valley is where you find your greatest victories. Through the valley is where you find your greatest strengths. Through the valley is where you get developed. Through the valley is how you you associate yourself with the next fight you're going to fight. Because this fight, I used to think I couldn't win until I won it with God. And the next fight, I know I can win because I know what? God's still with me. Still with me. Because the fight is not my fight. I just have to be in the fight because it's not my fight. I just need to be in it because I'm with him. Right here. You remember that guy I threw on the ground, broke his collarbone? Because he wouldn't leave you alone? Remember that? No lie. He was right after work, wasn't it, John? He just kept messing. Kept, I told him to quit. Boom! Threw him on the ground. He quit. He didn't come back to work either. So I had to cut more yards. I was like, man. I, I solved the problem but created the problem. That's a true story. What was his name? Never mind. That's all right. We don't want to say that. on. <laughs> yeah, no, he's pastor in a church. One-armed pastor. Got a wow out of that, John. Through the valley, we find our greatest victories. We see, we get into life for the short term. We want to be, we want things to stop now and we want it for the short term to be over with. But God says, if you'll recognize that in this short term, I'm going to take you out for the long haul. Because you're not about short term. My life is a journey. It is a doggone marathon. And we're trying to live life in the moment as a sprint. And God's saying, I want to walk with you and talk with you all the days of your life. Not just a day. Not just a day. If we could get that in our mindset, our day-to-day mindset, that he's walking with me today for another day. Many times we just want him to take care of this day. And he will. He will. First Kings chapter 20, you're going to find a story. I'm going to break it down for you. I recommend that you read this chapter because it's very encouraging. It is. It'll get you going. If it gets you going, it's not getting going. This will get it going. First Kings chapter 20, you're going to come across a king from Aram. And the king from Aram, we're going to call him the bad guy. And then there's a king from Israel, and we're going to call that king the good guy. Well, the bad guy from Aram walked up to the good guy from Israel and said, I want your stuff. And the good guy from Israel said, you can't have it. So what? A battle ensued. So this battle ensued. This big guy from Aram said, we're going to beat the little guy up and we're going to take his stuff. And the little guy said, you may try. Come on. Bring whatever you got. And they did. And Aram lost. And then they went back and the king of Aram was being debriefed. And the king of Aram act the same thing as you and I ask. What happened there? Verse 23 is where it picks up. It says this. Meanwhile, the officials of the king of Aram advised him. Their gods are gods of the hills. Now in somebody's Bible, it says mountains. Whose Bible says mountains? Who's got King James Version that says Mountains. So if he's the god of the up here the hills that is why they were too strong for us but if we fight them on the plains surely they will be we will be stronger and, than they if we can get them in the valley we'll beat the brakes off of them that's what the Armin said Armin said if we can just get because the only way they want is their God is a God that 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 is eating skittles and letting I don't know. Rose petals fall on his head. I don't know. That's the only kind of God they serve. But he's a God of up here. And, and God said, you would think that God, you would think that he would do that. You would think that after he beat the brakes off of somebody, he wouldn't go back and have to get seconds. But God said, no, I'm going to go get some seconds. And you know where I'm going to take you? I'm going to take you in the valley, and I'm going to take the lowliest, and I'm going to beat the brakes off of them again. You want to know why God does that? Because God wants to show them who He is and what He can really do. And many times we're going, God, get us out of the valley. How many of you prayed this prayer this morning? Lord, would you please take me through the valley so I can experience pain? Anybody pray that? No, we're trying to avoid the valley. We want to get away from the valley. We want to get out of the valley. We want to get the Bible, it says in Psalms 23, 4. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We want to get through the valley. If there's an entrance, there's an exit, right? Let's exit the valley. But what happens here is he takes them to the valley. Any Christianity that is preached to you that says there is no valley, it's a false teaching. Any Christianity that teaches you that you're not going to have any bad days is a false Christianity. You're not going to grow there. That's why there's a local church. That's why right here is where God has you. Where's Mary? Is Mary here this morning? I met Mary this morning. Did she leave? Is she working? Hey, there's Mary. Mary, how are you? You're with your guy. What's your guy's name again? Wayne, I met Wayne and Mary at the beginning of church and they were just like, I didn't go to this church and I found this church. And I was like, We need to put you on the welcoming committee because you got it down. Y'all are the best billboard there is for this church. They were excited, they were happy. Mary, are you twenty six or twenty seven? Twenty seven. Let me tell you something. I don't care how old you are. You have dreams. You have vision. You have a desire to feel the need or listen to this, the desire to be needed. And God needs us. God needs you. God needs your voice. That's why he took Ezekiel down there. God could have spoke to the bones. when he, Hey, get up. Hell, yo, yo, let's go, fellas. He could have done it on his bones, but he wanted to use people like you and me, like the local church, to get back into this place, to be called to your neighbors, to be called to your school, to be called to your friends, to be called to anyone, that you, your co-workers, to speak to the dry bones in it. But that doesn't make sense. You're right, it doesn't make sense to walk into a, a valley of dry, it says very dry bones, to walk into a valley of very dry bones, to walk into those bones and go, hey, live. It makes no sense, but God is in the business of doing things that makes no sense. It makes no sense to take foster kids into your home. It makes no sense to take your time off from work and your vacation from there and go on a mission field. It makes no sense to give 10% of your money to a God that you can't see. It makes no sense to do those things to praise Him when all else is failing and you're still praising Him in the storm. It makes no sense to do those things, but we have a God that doesn't make sense. God does his best work in the valley. See, some of us right here, we get jaded because we get accustomed to this. We get jaded and we think that we're going to get what we got in here. We're going to get it out there. How many of you experienced worship Monday mornings in your queue? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. We can't go out expecting, watch this, to happen out there, what happened in here. But what I can take what happened in here and take it out there. That's what I'm in control of. I'm not in control of anything out there. I'm in control of this. That means that when, what was that? Singing lady, what was that song we sang? <laughs> I don't know your name. I know Homer. Homer yeah, I remember. that. what's the third song we sang? That's, yeah. I like, John, a mute could speak this morning and, and I will Spirit of the Lord was just up and down the. You can see it. John was jumping. He don't jump high, but he was jumping. I was <laughs> like, yes. man, it's exciting. You get excited when you see those things. That's what you get for picking on your kids pick on your kids. But we get jaded. Do we not? We get a little angry. God, why, why aren't you taking care of this a little quicker than I want it? Do you want a God that you manipulate like a puppet? Do you want a God that you get to, to tell Him what to do? Because that's not a God. You're your God. You're your God. And He's not. Because he's not going to be spoken to like a told to. You see, we need to leave him alone and let him do his work because we feel like when he's not answering our prayers the way he needs to answer our prayers in the time that he answers them, we feel like he's not even paying attention to us. No, no, he's working. Let him finish his work. Stop dictating to him a time frame. He's not that kind of God. He's the kind of God that says, you know what? I'm going to take you out in the valley and I'm going to let you go through that valley and we're going to take Him on in the valley and we're going to win. And when we win, I'm going to get the glory. And you're going to go back to going, man, God's good. Because many of us in here, we can think about the times. Even these young ones over here, they've seen God do something. They've heard stories. They've been associated or relationship with someone that said something to them about what was not and then it became... Because I told you earlier that bones are evidence of what were, not what, what was. They were, they were evidence of what were, of what did happen, not what's going to happen. Because with bones, what's going to happen, they're going to dry up. We already know they're dry. But these kids, these young adults know that that, that there's a miracle working God, but they're going, where is He? Where, when's He going to do it again? Well, you want to know who does it again? Him. You want to know how He does it again? Through expectancy. We come expecting We come looking. We go looking. And then we stop talking about it and we start living it. That doesn't make sense just to talk about it, but we've got to live it. When we live among the dry bones and God says that He would give you the voice to speak to those dry bones. We are His voice to speak to those bones and to bring that life to them. Maybe your confidence is dried up. Maybe your mindset is dried up. Bones are everywhere. Maybe there's no money in the places that used to be money. But I tell you this: you can still hear him. You still hear him. You'll come in here and you'll hear something, and the spirit that resides in you—the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead—will go. I'm with you, and that's all you need for the rest of the week. And then you get back here again, and then you—we've got to stop thinking that this place is like a gas station. Go and just run away, huh? See, the Spirit of God that enters us is our gas station. And that gas station goes with us and moves with and talks with us in the cool of the day. Everywhere we go, that goes with us. His Spirit is with us. And when He goes out, you don't have to come running back. I need a word from Pastor John. No, because the Spirit of the Living God is residing in you and fills you and gives you direction. That's what, that's what Ezekiel's doing right here. Ezekiel right here is going, okay. John would tell me, here's the list. He'd hand me a list of yards. And I'd look at that list. Uh, you know, there's only like six hours left in daylight. That's why there was little lights on the front of the mower. He put a little light. I'm kidding. He's he like, you've got to get this done. All right. And I'd have new guys. I'd have new guys. I'd go back. And man, I'm like, I got to go fix it. It's okay to have new. Because it's going to get done. Somebody's going to see it. We're going to fill in the gaps. There's people that are more experienced. Sometimes we won't go because we won't speak because we'll tell ourselves we don't know enough. We haven't been around long enough. Or you know what? Somebody else will do it. And God's calling us to speak to dry bones. Dry bones, hear in this word. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. See, many times what we do is we speak our own word instead of the word of the Lord. We know how that went for uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Happened. And then there's this. I got two little points. Could take me three hours to get them, but two, two little points. The first one is this. Many times what we do is when we get in those bones and we get excited about God and we give him the opportunity to change our life, we'll go like this. Dad speaks to the two kids that got G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip swinging from the Fan, yellow stuff on the wall, brown stuff on the floor. Two dinosaurs with no head. Clean your room. Okay. You hear noises? How are y'all progressing? We're almost done. You heard that? Almost. Almost. That means they ain't done jack. <laughs> that means they're in there throwing things at each other. <clears throat> But that's what Christ followers do many times. We're almost delivered. We're almost done with it. I'm almost out of it. You fill in the blank. I don't care what you fill in the blank with. You can fill in the blank with alcoholism. You can fill in the blank with porn. You can fill in the blank with anything you want to put in there. I'm almost out of it. Where in the Bible do you hear that Jesus almost delivered somebody? I don't know. One of the greatest defaults in Christianity today is laziness. Now, I'm not being critical. I'm just being, I'm, I'm just an informer. That's all I am today. I'm an informer. I'm going to inform you this morning that one of the greatest detriments to Christianity right now is laziness. We will not continue to fight the fight until we finish the fight. We will fight and stop and go back and then we'll have to gain ground that we had already won. And we won't continue to fight until we're finished. Bible said fight the fight and win. I don't want to fight the fight and have to go back again and fight the same, for the same hill. It makes no sense. I want to fight the ground that I haven't gained yet, and I want to keep pursuing. I want to. I want to stay the course. I want to work while it's still yet day, because there's coming a time when it's going to get darker than it is now. I don't want to. I don't. I don't live in fear. I, John, I am the ultimate optimist. Am I not? There's no bad in me. I can't. Well, sorry, Nate. Mm. I don't have a bad mindset. Let me put it like that. I think everything's going to work out. That's what I think. I do. I'm looking for the wind no matter where it's at. I'll go get it no matter how I got to go get it. I want to see what God says happen, really happen. God almost delivering him. It doesn't say that. This is what it says in verse nine of Ezekiel 37. It said, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the breath. And then he encourages them again, prophesy, Son of Man. Don't be nervous because that's big. That's huge. How can you get life into something that's dead? you got to breathe life into it. I've seen a miracle, but I haven't seen a full miracle. I've seen tendons. I've seen skin. I've seen muscles. I've seen them become tall again. I've seen it happen. And now you want me to speak what? Breath? Speak breath, prophesy, Son of Man, and say it. This is the sovereign, what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds. It's not going to come from you. You're just going to have to be honest with yourself. I'm going to speak with the voice of the Lord. I'm going to speak his commands. I'm going to live his commands. I'm going to live the way he says live, regardless how old I am, regardless how old I am, regardless where I live, regardless of my background, regardless, regardless of my history. I'm going to live the way he says live. So I prophesied. So I did what he said as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet. A vast army. What do armies do? They protect. They fight to protect people. Who are we protecting? The lost, the hungry, the maimed. The disenfranchised, the forgotten. That's who we're to fight for. We're fighting the good fight of faith for someone else because we're not in that, mu- we're not in that number any longer. Amen. We're in the no. We know. And there's an expectation that comes with the no. We're expected to go and do likewise. That's what his word says is to go and do likewise. But many times what we do. Well, where do we go? Anywhere humankind is being Distorted, hurt. Venezuela. Did you hear it? Venezuela. We've been sending, I know this is going don't, John, don't defriend me. <laughs> I don't do Facebook, but John, he, anyway, don't defriend me. But we've been sending, a little church we're a part of, just like y'all, we've been sending stuff to a Catholic church in Venezuela for years, for years, just sending it. Sending them food, we've been paying for shipping, we've been paying for—I I don't what anything we could send. We pay people not to steal it. Serious when it gets there. But what we did was, is we started walking in the place where it was dry, where very few people were walking. Now we don't say that proudly, but what we do say is we heard the voice of the Lord for us. That's what I want for the chapel. That's what I want Pastor John to do. Is I wanted him to equip the saints. That's what I heard Pastor Gwen doing. I about came through the door. Like, she was moving. Like, man, I want the bike she had. But I want these two to equip the saints. That's what I want them to do. I want him and her to keep encouraging you to fight that fight, to get back in the game, to don't give up, don't quit, don't stop believing for your friend, don't stop believing for your neighbor, don't stop believing, like, well, come be me, pray, keep praying, do the things that God said. I don't care how old you are, I don't care where you go to school, I don't care what your background is, I don't care who your daddy is, just keep doing what you're supposed to do. And do it the way he says it, not the way I say it, or he said, just be encouraged. He can't do it. He's not supposed to do it. We've got to stop coming to church just together for this show. Great singing, sister song lady. Great. Oh my God. Oh, you're awesome. Homer, you did. You married up, brother. My goodness. Amazing song. I can't wait to get back next Sunday to get some more songs. We've got to stop coming. We've got to start gathering, gathering for a reason. And the reason that we gather, simple: we should be gathering. We should be assembling to advance the army. That's what we should be doing. Because he's not all. He's not going to ask us to do almost anything, Mary. He's not. He's not going to say, "Hey, Mary, almost make it home today." We're going all the way, right? Just almost finish the song and watch how many people go, hey, you better finish that thing. (laughs) If I was filling in the blanks this morning, you would get mad if I didn't finish the last blank on the paper, right? Some of you A-sided mind people, what's the last one? (laughs) You want to know. God wants you to assemble, to advance the army, to go and take what is His. What is His? The mountain and the valley. Who said that? Say it again. No, what'd she say? What'd she, you said what, what'd she
0: say? Cattle on a thousand hills.
1: Come on. She preached better than me. lady went, what'd she say? Tell her. I'm going to speak the Word. The Word has life in it. No matter who's speaking it. No matter who's speaking it, John. No matter who's speaking it, Gwen, the Word has life. When you take that Word and you take it into your lifestyle and you start living it out instead of speaking it out, guess what happens? You advance the kingdom. You advance the kingdom. Do you guys believe in altar calls here? I didn't get it. Two. Thank you. All two of you. I didn't get no wows then. Thank you. Do you believe in altar calls? Because this is where most preachers are given altar call. You want to know what? You don't need an altar call to be told to do what the Bible says tell you to do. You know what you need to do? You need to answer the call. You need to answer the call as warriors. Christianity, that's what it means. Christianity means warriors. Warriors don't need to be told to sharpen their sword. Warriors know what they are. And they're sitting there and they're honing their tool. They're honing their craft. They're making themselves ready because God could go. God could do it any day. Just like He did it for us, John. He goes, and you go, I'm ready. Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. Where am I going today, Lord? I'm going to take you to the valley. Come what may, as for me and my house, we're going to continue to serve you. We'll walk through the valley with you, Lord. Where are those warriors? Because I knew some of them. Her name was Dottie Jones, right, me? Dottie and Tommy. I was, I was a fledgling youth pastor. Miss Dottie's at work with me, and da 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 da, and we're having our day at church, and I'm doing my my little my little thing. Do you play the keyboard while that while I talk? Can you do that? I don't care what you play. That third song. <laughs>
0: we're
1: at work, work. Miss Dottie gets a call and you watch her face change. See, she had left her son at home to watch her younger son and her younger son had fallen into the canal and he had drowned. Why are you finishing it like this? Because she was being called out from a to go battle. Battle. To fight a fight when you lose your child. God's still God and He's still there. When you're fighting cancer for the third time, And it seems like everybody's going, where's this Jesus that you talk about? He's still there. Let him finish the job. I don't know where you're at today. I have no no idea. Five minutes fast, right? I got four. I don't care, I don't don't know where you're at. Maybe you're in the, maybe your marriage is in dry bones. Maybe Maybe your personal confidence is in dry bones. Maybe you've got a son that doesn't know Jesus. Dry bones. I'm telling you. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you today. Speak to those dry bones. And breathe the breath of life into them. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. For you, Lord, are a great God. You're our Savior. I pray for every individual this morning that the Spirit of the living God, your Holy Spirit, will move in their heart. That God, they listen. They weren't listening to a man's voice. They were listening to a broken vessel that was oozing out what you said. Say, let them be confident in that one thing. Let them receive the truth in such a way that it shows them that you love them. You've assembled them here today so that they can advance the kingdom. You're here this morning and you say, Tracy, I want you you to believe with me. I want you to believe with me that I will advance the kingdom of God from this day forward in my life. I want you to put your hand up. I want you to believe with me that I will advance the kingdom of God. Now then, keep your hand up. Look around. Look around. Isn't that amazing? I didn't do it. There are people in this world that feel the same way you feel. The Bible says it's like iron sharpening iron, John. You want to know what inspires me? We've been doing it a long time, bro. And I get so excited when he tells me what goes on here. Because this place is healthy. Bro, this is a healthy room. You can feel a heartbeat. There's no... There's none of that. There's... And then there's more coming. Look at hey, you like, Aren't you excited? There's more coming, and you go. But 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 they got a long. We had a long way to go. We had a long way to go. The Bible says, "Stir up that gift that's in you, so to inspire." Stir that gift up. It's your gift. anybody ever drink chocolate milk? Chocolate milk. It's my closing. Serious. If God's called us out from among them to advance His army, He's not going to leave you out there with no chocolate in your milk. Huh? But what happens is, is when you put that chocolate in the milk, where does it go? Straight to the bottom. What do you have to do? Stir it up. I like to stir it and get the little foam up on top. I drink it. (sighs) But what happens is, is I can't drink it all. It's so cold, right? I sit it down. Where's the chocolate go? Right back to the bottom. What do you have to do? To get that flavor in your life, you got to stir it up again. I pray to God this morning that you've heard His Word and it has stirred you to be the flavor this world needs to advance the kingdom of God. Amen?
0: Pastor John? Amen. Thank you, Tracy wonderful message hallelujah this is why God is good we're going to take up the offering Say about two announcements then we're going to let the song lady song lady close us out <laughs> our ushers are preparing to serve you This morning, before we take up the offering, if you are not supporting the building program, we've built those two buildings down there, and we've kind of gone through a little bit of a valley this week. The lawnmower threw a rock through the back door, so we're going to have to replace that. Maybe you'd like to be a blessing today, and write on an envelope building program, and we'll make sure that that door is replaced it's going to get replaced. If you'd like to be a blessing, we'd love to encourage you to do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a wonderful, wonderful service. Father, that we could come and hear your word. God, that we could stir it up in our life. God, that we can be doers and not just hearers. We can all be victorious. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning, as they're taking up the offering, remember that there is... Uh, No CE or Christian education next Sunday morning at 930 because of Mother's Day. We are going to encourage you to come and celebrate Mother's Day with us. Then take mom out to eat afterwards, celebrate her being so much of an influence in your life. And then we'll start or we'll continue our Christian education empowerment, talking about the Holy Spirit filling us and empowering us in our lives the week following that. All right, are you ready? We're going to give you a chance to respond before you leave. You heard a powerful message. So maybe this morning you've gone through the valley and you feel dry. Well, just begin to speak. God, you're the way maker and you're going to make a way out of this valley. In your name we pray. Amen. Why don't you stand and let's go for it.